Thank you very much for joining us for the first, or the latest, I should say, edition of Manchester is Red. With me today I have Manchester United editor for the Manchester Evening News, Samuel Luckhurst, and alongside Samuel is writer Charlotte Dunker. Thanks for joining us, guys. Samuel, you've just come back from covering the Manchester United tour, so you've been in God knows how many time zones over the last over the last yes, week or, or ten days. Three or four, I think, yeah, more or less. But the the tour in general, it's it's been it's been a fantastic success, surely, from from Jose Mourinho's point of view, from the club's point of view, it couldn't really have gone much better. Absolutely, um, Mourinho first went to. UCLA or California I think in 2004 with Chelsea and he's always preferred to go back there after what happened with the China tour last year which was pretty farcical game was called off there was fun guy on the pitch uh, he he pretty much took over um, the control of that he inherited those plans last year so this year he was able to choose the hotel um, United were based in the same hotel pretty much for two weeks, flew in and out of Houston and, and Salt Lake City. Little details, I mean, in, in Salt Lake City, I was speaking to one of the, the journalists uh, there and they, they said one of the reasons that Mourinho and United had chosen that game, uh, and sorry, that stadium, was because the pitch was so good, hadn't been played on for two weeks. It's one of the best in the MLS. So there were little details that fans don't notice and even journalists don't notice until you actually speak to the relevant people that emerge from it and the UCLA campus is just, just world class really for footballers I mean I think people who are accustomed to college football out there know how big it is and it's it's not like a minor thing uh, with as it would be with universities uh, in, in the UK it's it, it's you know it is fit for brilliant teams who uh, who, who play and, and go there from all around the world. Real Madrid were there as well. So uh, from United's perspective, they, there were no injuries. And as, as I said, the, the weather was good. There were no issues whatsoever with China. Um, the social life is, is much different to going out to China as well because the players are just pretty much confined to their hotels because it's so much more fervent and more enthusiastic, really, whereas it's, it's, it's relaxed in America and... That's exactly what they want, and it sounds like they're going to be going back there next year as well. I mean, the 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 mood outside the grounds and around the grounds before the games was anything but relaxed. So the fans out there, they really turned out in droves to to see the to see the games. That must be real, a real positive from the club's point of view that the reaction was so. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're, they're commercial led these tours, um, and sometimes United won't sell out because they've gone to a certain region so many times in recent years like Santa Clara for instance they played there two years ago and um, I think one of the reasons why the Real Madrid game didn't sell out was primarily because Ronaldo wasn't there it was different for the Washington game against Barcelona because Messi was there Suarez was there and Neymar as well so you had three world class players uh, the three most well known South American players uh, currently playing Um, so United are, are always a big draw, and sometimes they play teams who who are big draws as well, which which helps uh, in that case. And there is a lot of enthusiasm uh, out there, but at the same time, uh, despite you know, the, the strides soccer is making, it's always going to be behind the three major sports in America, and that and that's difficult for um, for the American market to sell. But walking around these places, you do tend to see, like just walking along Venice Beach or something like that, you do tend to see as many soccer shirts these days as an NBA 
vest or, or an NFL top as well. So uh, that's that's always going to entice uh, clubs to go back out there from Europe as well. And just in terms of the the performances themselves, I mean, Charlotte and I were were back over here watching the games. It, it there were some some real class performances from some big players. Pogba had a, a great tour, but he wasn't the only one. There were a few standout performers. Who would your standout performers? Do you feel? I thought Bai was excellent. He barely put a foot wrong. Um, a lot Pogba's getting a lot of attention, rightly so, because he seems to have embrace this leadership role United since Ibrahimovic got injured which they needed because looking at that squad that, that, that there was certainly when when Pogba and Ibrahimovic came in there was a lack of leadership there even though Rooney was a very well liked captain but the, this transition that's uh, gone on with Ibrahimovic getting injured and, and Rooney leaving they someone else has needed to step up and, and Pogba's done that and he was exceptional Lukaku showed decent promise as well there weren't many players who had particularly terrible tours. You'd probably look at Daley Blind being the one who, for love nor money, could not do anything right out there and, and got berated by Lukaku after Lukaku scored his first goal against Real Salt Lake and within 30 seconds he's having a pop at Blind because he's not playing the ball in the right area for him as often as he'd like. Uh, Phil Jones had another... I mean, he, he had a bad game and... Uh, sort of late but he recovered from that and, and was very good for the rest of the tour so from United's perspective as, as you said I mean nobody got injured or, or badly injured um, there were a couple of knocks but the, the general level of performance for these friendly games they're insignificant games it, it was it was still pretty positive and you could you with certain players like Pogba and Bai you know that they are building momentum there and they can take that into the competitive campaign as well now Charlotte, you and I were watching some of these games back here at home. Who were your standout performers, do you think? I think Jesse Lingard had quite a good pre-season. He stood out in a couple of games. He gets berated a lot by some of the United fans. And I think he did, obviously, like Samuel was saying, they're only friendlies, but he showed that he can play to that level and that's why he should be a big part of Mourinho's squad next season. Um, Lindelof I think was one of those that disappointed really but he has just come into the squad so it's going to take a bit of bedding in but he didn't look too comfortable in the games he played and I think Mourinho shied away from them starting him in a couple of the other games because maybe of the feedback that he was getting in, in, in the first few games when he didn't really perform to a level that people are going to expect a certain level when you've paid that money for a player and obviously he has got the potential and he is going to be a good signing for United I can see him and by Get, having a good partnership at the back, but didn't really show that on tour, to be honest. With with Lingard, did you detect fans like suddenly liking him or seeing that he is an important player at all? I mean, there seems to be maybe a possible sea change there. Yeah, I think there's a slight change because at first, obviously, when he was seen more as a fringe player. And a, a lot of the stuff he was doing on social media and people were saying, obviously, the amount of money he's getting played for that level of performance. But as he makes more of an impact in games, I think there is that switch. But um, he scored winning goals in cup finals and that didn't seem to... Ch yeah. Unfortunately, that didn't seem to change people's opinions of him. But the more game-changing performances he makes in this season then maybe that'll see more of a switch of fans opinions yeah he's possibly a first teamer at the moment as well because they've they've not signed this attacking player that Mourinho wants and a lot of people would say well Marshall's got to play there and that's understandable and Matic is about to come in so 
Lingard isn't as essential as maybe it was in pre-season, but I think the City game, Mourinho picked, you looked at that team, you thought eight of the 11 stars, you'd probably say are first-teamers. And the fact Lingard did play, I think, does reflect quite favourably on him. And if, if he's not doing uh, particularly well on the ball, which is is a bit of a, is quite a big problem for a footballer if they're not very good on the ball, but it's his movements, the way he supplements the attack, it's the stuff he does away off, off the ball that isn't very noticeable but it does benefit United and that obviously goes over that that's overlooked by a lot of supporters because you know in this day and age and in any age you you, you judge a player and what he's doing on the ball and Lingard's a very instinctive player but that intuitive instinct he has about himself um, it, it really does benefit United and certainly from certain press boxes or what have you, you have a good vantage point of how a player is affecting the game without actually doing much and he certainly seems to do that in the City game. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Lingard obviously, you mentioned Martial but there's this fourth signing that we expect United to make at some point in the next, in the next I don't know, you would imagine the next 10 days or so. Perisic, Bale, there are lots of names being banded about. Who do you expect to come in or do you think that that player already exists that can that can that can solve the problem that that Mourinho has about width. I think that the ten days is possibly a little optimistic. I think with um, with Bale something I, I just suspect with Bale something is is going on there. I'm not convinced by this whole Mourinho said it was to us in Santa Clara it was Mission Impossible and Bale spoke after that game and said you know I'm staying at Real Madrid and his agent has come out and said that it's ridiculous linking him with a move to United I think if an agent does that it's if anything it's drawing attention to the situation and Bale is not properly integrated in Madrid the story I was told by um, an English journalist in Spain was that when he did his first Spanish interview his only Spanish interview with the Real Madrid television channel last year uh, the, I think it only lasts about five minutes and the, the questions were pre-prepared the answers were pre-prepared but the interview, which I think is about five minutes long on YouTube, took three hours to do because he kept on botching the answers. And however successful you are at Real Madrid, and he's won three Champions Leagues there, it's always going to be a problem if you're not properly integrated. I mean, Steve McManaman spoke Spanish fluently and was successful there, but I think he only lasted four years at Madrid. Now, Bale's probably going to last a little bit longer than that, but it was the same with Beckham as well. He only lasted four years out there because he just didn't embrace the whole culture. Michael Owen, there was a story about him driving to the airport every day to buy English newspapers when he could have bought them at a plaza nearby. So th- there is this pretty insular um, mentality with British players when they do go abroad. And I think that does apply to Bale as well because his wife and partner did for a period of time live back in the UK while he was playing for Madrid. That's not the case anymore. And the suggestion has been he's been wanting out for quite a while there because he's no longer a first team. He's had injury problems. I think a club like United is a very good fit for him because he he can come back to England and he's got a challenge there because he didn't win anything with Spurs and he's not won the Premier League and there's a lot more to achieve there I just have my doubts it's going to happen this year I still think even though the Perisic saga I think it's fair to call it that has dragged on for so long he's still probably the most likely player to come in but Mourinho has also said that it's entirely possible they'll end the transfer window with 
with three players, which probably isn't enough, really. And I don't think many United fans would necessarily agree with him. That uh, will not agree with him, but would say that it is enough because you look at that squad at the moment, and it is short of some stardust in attack. Is Perisic the answer to that, though, Charlotte? Is Perisic the, the, the stardust that they're, that they're looking for? I think if you look at the difference between him and Martial, for example, Martial's performance on the left haven't been that consistent. And um, the way that Perisic plays, I think, for attacking threat, he, he would add to that. But um, one thing that could backfire with United is, obviously, they haven't done it, got the deal over the line, and a lot of the discussion has been to do with the fee. Now, City have had the same problem and they've bartered over money for the whole of the summer and then just ended up paying the extra money because they're desperate for the player. There's been reports that Mourinho's not been happy with the Glazers like bartering over a few million pounds. Obviously, a few million pounds is a lot of money, but in football, in general speaking terms, it's not. So the annoyance will be if United give in in the end and bow down to um, Milan's high demands of fee for him that if United had done that at the start of the summer transfer period it's someone who could have gone on tour he could have got to know the team and we've seen the difference with Pogba already like Pogba last season didn't get a pre-season he's had a brilliant pre-season so far and you can see how that's going to impact the start of his performances going into next season and I think Mourinho might come to rue the fact that they haven't just bowed down and paid the extra money for Perisic if that's what they end up doing in the end. Is, is it slightly unfair on players like Jesse Lingard and Anthony Marshall though that we're still having these conversations when they have had such decent tours? I mean, Marshall's bit of skill against, against Real got, got spoken about a great deal. But, um, but he, he, he had a decent tour. Marshall, I've, I've been really impressed with. He seems to have... His, his aptitude has, has improved an awful lot, which was an issue last season. And I mean, Mourinho has always rated him, and, and privately he expressed sympathy with him when he had issues with his domestic life, and he, he felt that compromised his focus. But he was inconsistent last season. United, they've they've brought a lot of potential in in recent years, and players like Rashford has has come into the squad of course and, and Marshall cost an awful lot of money but he was he was not an established player uh, even though he had a, an excellent first season so they do need someone established and Perisic offers that albeit not at the level a lot of United supporters uh, would have liked really um, I think Mourinho is quite I mean going back to the point about what Charlotte said about the Glazers Mourinho is very Machiavellian and quite clever about the way he can convey his message without necessarily saying it himself I mean there's there's a certain journalist who writes for other titles uh, when who, who kind of like acts as a mouthpiece for Mourinho and when when that message gets across almost like, pretty quickly something happens with United and I think it happened with with Lukaku that that deal got done after it was made Apparently, you know, Mourinho wasn't happy or, or was a bit perplexed by Woodward going out to watch the the Lions tour in New Zealand, and we've even done stories that it's transpired that Mourinho was quite happy about because it portrayed United's business in a negative light, and he, he is in, in a good way for United. He's impatient because he wants the players brought in as soon as possible. That's why they didn't get Eric Dyer in the end because Daniel Levy. Uh, the Tottenham chairman was not going to budge this early on in the transfer window. Tottenham have got players they want to sell, but they're there's not they're struggling to find buyers for them. Players like Sissoko and Janssen, who they bought last year, who have been flops, 
um, and are on quite long contracts, but they're struggling to shift them. So it might have come to a point where United offered 50 million for Dyer, and Spurs, who were paying for a new stadium, would have thought, okay, we're going to have to budge here and, and, and take that and then reinvest it however which way we can because we've got players like Wanyama and Dembele who can offset him, uh, offset him leaving. But Mourinho wants his players in early and he had this artificial deadline of July the 9th, which I mean, with, with Lindelof and Lukaku, United met. But he's, he's quite fortunate, well, I should say United are fortunate that with Matic they're getting a player who's Premier League, who's got experience of the Premier League, whereas... You know, as you saw with Pogba last season, even though he did play for United, if you've not got a pre-season and you've not been accustomed to Premier League football, there is going to be a bedding-in process that takes quite a bit of time. And that's going to be the issue they have with Perisic because he has not played English football. He's played in Germany, uh, Italy, I think France as well. So he's, he's quite an itinerant player and that experience is useful. But it's going to be a big ask for him to come into a team that's just spent £75 million on a striker um, and, and essentially just cater for his needs because that's the other thing United are lacking. They're lacking a reliable crosser of the ball and I think Perisic has been identified p- potentially as that player. If he doesn't cut the mustard, then it it's, makes Lukaku's life more difficult. So there's a knock-on effect and as, as, as Mourinho said all along, it's better to, for players to have pre-season but it's not going to happen with Perisic. It's offset with Matic being a Premier League player already, but it's not an ideal situation for United to be in. So let's assume for a second that Perisic does come in. Whenever Perisic comes in, I appreciate 10 days may be yes. a, little, a yeah. little bit optimistic. But let's assume Perisic comes in. So we're looking at, at, at Perisic playing out wide, and let's also assume that Matic comes in. Where, where do you see the, the, the areas of the, the United side? Where, where do you see the... the the positions that need strengthening? Um, I think those areas that they're, they've strengthened in midfield and, and the wing, in fact, the, the four positions they're, they're buying for effectively are the right areas. I think from United fans' perspective, with, with some justification, they're, they're underwhelmed by certain players that have come in. There's been a bit more uh, positivity about Matic because it's been so protracted and... Mourinho is a good judge of player and his hit rate in the transfer market has been good. Um, with Perisic, there's still this nagging concern that is he worth the hassle and United have wanted him for a number of months and not paying up this this difference that Inter have, have wanted on him, have wanted for him. Uh, it, it does pose the question as to whether they should be looking at someone better, whether they should be touching base with Alexis Sanchez to gauge whether he be happy to go to them instead of City but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case at all uh, so if, from United's perspective what's what's difficult for them is that Perisic is this specific profile of player and there aren't many players who match it whereby they're in their late 20s and they've got good experience and they're going to improve the team um, I still think that on their day Marshall is a better winger than Perisic and Certainly, looking ahead to the West Ham game next week. I mean, the Super Cups in a week's time, but that's that's not. Even though it's a competitive game, it's still kind of like a bit of a friendly, really. Uh, the West Ham game is the crucial one, and I think you'd still have Marshall starting because as you saw in the the Valerenga game, Mkhitaryan and Mata both played in the wing. 
both wanted to cut inside all the time. As soon as Marshall came on the second half, he was very direct, one corner, United scored from the corner. And he's the best wing player you've seen from United player all tour has been Marshall. So you need him in the team. So it always goes back to that. And it's it's a bit of a quandary for Mourinho because he's clearly looking for an upgrade on Marshall. Um, but it's I mean, it's debatable whether he's he's going to get it. I don't I don't know what you think. Whether you've seen enough of Perisic either. You kind of basing judgments off yeah it's basically I'm not yeah for off tournaments not really watching them on a week in week out basis but from what you read from I think it's more going off from what you've seen of Marshall like he's like you say on tour you can clearly see his ability and when he's on his game he's great you wouldn't have anyone else down that left wing but he didn't have that consistency last season no. and yeah you might argue that he wasn't given the chance to have the consistency because Mourinho obviously didn't have the belief in him but that not that belief has come from obviously his performances training that we don't get to see and not performing up to that level week in week out so you can see why Mourinho is looking at other options but do we have I watched Perisic week in week out and can I do, give a direct comparison to Martial no but from what we've seen in tournaments and from what he, that goal he scored against Chelsea did you see that the other day that was got a lot of yes, United fans yeah, very yeah. excited um but that, like you say, that's another pre-season friendly. But if you're comparing like with like, Perisic seems to be having a good pre-season for Inter as well. So you can you can see why Mourinho would want to add to him. But the other question before about um, where United have United strengthened in the right areas, definitely think they they have. But another the the left back position, obviously like. Luke Shaw's injured. He's going to come back from this injury, but there's the fear, obviously, like if he gets injured again. Since Patrice Evra left, they've not really had that solid left back player. Like every on the team sheet, who's going to play at left back? It's always been more of a discussion rather than a yes, this is our first choice regular left back. You've had Blind and Darmian playing there. They're not really naturally gifted left back players, and like you say, Blind's not had the greats of pre pre seasons. It was Herrera and De Gea having a little private word with Jordi Alba after the Barcelona game. Maybe they can persuade him to come over. Yeah, I, th- I think with, with Shaw, partly one of the reasons why he's probably staying is that he's injured. So he's not unsellable, but it's very difficult to, to shift him. And and there has been, on his part, before he got injured, he, he was in a decent run of form and his professionalism has improved. I mean... He, his new girlfriend has, has had a, from what I've been told, had a pretty big say in that, in that he's, his living arrangements have changed. And Mourinho wants to give him that chance, but already United are looking ahead to next year and they're looking at Danny Rose at Spurs as a possible player who could come in. Um, and that might be a convenient deal because Pochettino managed Shaw at Southampton. They are still in touch. And I know swap deals are very, very rare between big clubs these days, but it's one of those that, that you could see happening. Uh, a little bit like the, the Lukaku-Rooney one earlier this summer. So uh, I think in the meantime, Damien's got that role, even though he is a, a right footer. And there were times last season when he was playing and he wasn't playing particularly well, but he ended the season really, uh, really impressively. And I thought that his performance in the Europa League final, I've, I've certainly not seen him play better for United but going back to Perisic um, I think what we have to be mindful of is that Mourinho is a much better judge than us when it comes to these players and he will have watched him an awful lot more than 
we watch Italian football. It was the case with Bai last year. There weren't many people who'd heard of Bai. A lot of people were very sceptical about it because he wasn't a proven centre-half. He was quite young. Came in and he had the best start uh, to a United's career by a newly signed centre-half in probably nearly 20 years, I'd say. It's unusual for newly signed United uh, centre-backs to come in and, and to perform immediately, and he did. So... As I said, Mourinho's hit rate is, is in in the transfer market for United has been very good. So that's something that United support should be encouraged by. So we've mentioned his name several times. Let's talk about Nemanja Matic. Pictures appeared on Twitter of him apparently wearing Bastian Schweinsteiger's thirty-one, yes. and what looked like you know it looked like he was maybe having a medical, but obviously that's not been confirmed. There's all sorts it, of. It, is it, it actually is, being confirmed? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, okay. um, it, that it is legitimate, yeah. Right. Yeah. There are people talking about you know doing Photoshop checks and all sorts of things on there. So the, the best one was I think the uh, the forensic facial recognition that someone used on Twitter. Have you seen the person who's identified him by his mole? Oh yeah, yes. his mole, his yeah, mole, mole on his arm. Well. The mole yeah. Is up. yeah, it's it's taken it to a new level. It's gone to full on Poirot yes. levels. Yes, at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So Charlotte Matic, he's perhaps quite unkindly he's just spoken about as a as a kind of destroyer in in this in the centre of midfield he's a he's a bit more than that though, isn't he yeah we've been talking about this today actually um matic actually provided more premier league assists last season for chelsea uh, he got seven than united's uh, top assister which was herrera in the league so herrera got six and uh, matic got seven so bearing that in mind if he can bring that to his game as well like you say he is a destroyer or as a defensive midfielder if he can provide that attacking threat as well and I think one of the big positives about him coming into the team will be um, personally I think Mourinho played Pogba far too deeply at times last season if you looked at where Pogba plays for France he's a lot more free to go forward and I think bringing Matic into the team as that defensive midfielder type will free Pogba up to play in a position where he can probably be at his best and that that can only be a good thing. You think that's that, that's first Samuel that Pogba will just be given that free license to roam forward as he as he likes to do and he has he, he did do last season didn't he and it wasn't it didn't exactly work quite often. He, he did I mean he hit a um I think it was in December that United switched to a three man midfield uh or November actually and, and Carrick came in it brought a bit of balance to it and he, he was able to play in that left-sided uh, midfield role in, in, in a three-man midfield and it is clearly his best position but Mourinho was reluctant to do that I remember when we asked him uh, ahead of Pogba's debut whether he would change the formation he said he wouldn't and United started the season with a two-man midfield and it was pretty clear even in those first couple of games Pogba played in that it wasn't conducive to his strengths and then it came to the City game when United was steamrolled in the first half Pogba abandoned Fellaini and you just knew this is abs- that that was confirmation it was an unsustainable system there'll be times when United can get away with it when teams come to Old Trafford and have no intention of crossing the halfway line where you do not need three midfielders you need an extra attacker rather than a third midfielder and then Pogba's positioning, I don't think, is as uh, is as important as it would be in a game against City or Liverpool or Chelsea. You know, one of the top six or seven sides. So it's important to have these different team sheets, if you like. And Mourinho's tried that in pre-season by changing 
uh, United shape. I think they've played three formations, something like that. And it's testament to Pogba's confidence at the moment that when he played in a deeper role against City in Houston, he was still one of the best players in on on the pitch. I mean, he, he provided a wonderful assist for Lukaku, and in the second half, he was in crowd pleasing mode, you know, showboating. He, his confidence at the moment is such that it is almost immaterial where he plays. But as we we've already alluded to, pre season is meaningless, and if he doesn't kick on at the start of the season, then it's it's going to be a debate, but at the moment you just expect him to seamlessly start the season and to be commanding games and to be bossing games like he has been in pre-season. That was maybe the one thing about last season that he, he wasn't in a position to really dominate a game or conduct a game. But it seems like now that Mourinho is, is making, not just with Matic but Lukaku as well, he's, made, he's signing players that are there to benefit Pogba. You look at the forwards United negotiated with over the last... 13 months so and Ibrahimovic, Griezmann, Murata, Lukaku, um, all of them have got an association with Pogba, whether it be their agent or playing with him at club level or international level. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that, that that's a way of trying to build a team around him. And he's a great enough player to uh, to justify that. And from United's sake, I think it, this this could be a really big season from him. So Matic comes in, where does that leave Michael Carrick, for example, Charlotte? Probably on the bench. <laughs> um, <laughs> brutal, <huh? laughs> Yeah. Uh, to be fair, that, that is, when he got made captain, it was that big discussion. Obviously, he's such a big leader in the dressing room. He fully deserves the captaincy for his time and his service at the club. But it's going to be, his presence is more going to be in the dressing room, I feel, rather than on the pitch this season. Like Last season, he didn't play as much, obviously. He was given his extent, he was given extension, which I think is th- thoroughly deserved. But, yeah, I think his role is going to be more on the bench or coming in when the squad's given a bit of rotation, a bit of rest time. Mat- um, Matic, Pogba, Herrera, they're really going to be, I, f- I feel, the, ma- the main midfielders. And so, unfortunately for Carrick, that means probably his position is going to be back on the bench. But I don't think he's going to be too disappointed with that, given that last season at Old Trafford could have been his last. He was given his extension. He's been given the captaincy. If he can make a difference off off the pitch, then he's and he still is making a big difference to the team. So he's still having that impact. And he's he's still one of those players that the youngsters look to as well, though, isn't he? You very much get that impression yeah. when you see when you see them, you know, training yeah. together. And... Yeah, Go, um, Angel Gomez. Uh, I think tweeted something along those lines when he got his extension and ahead of Gomez making his debut at Crystal Palace. I remember during the warm-up, Carrick was talking to him quite a lot. And when you've got that guidance from a guy who's 20 years older than you and has literally won everything at United, that that is going to make uh, make a big difference to how you feel about uh, yourself going into a game. The the weird thing I thought was that Mourinho did say on tour that he didn't necessarily agree with this policy of awarding the captaincy to players on on longevity because at the moment it's it's Carrick and then he said United you know, haven't got a vice captain but by default it's Valencia because I think he's the second longest serving player at the club but Mourinho said he didn't like that and what has been noticeable on tour is how often Pogba's wearing mm. the armband when Carrick isn't on the pitch. And it just seems inevitable that when Carrick does leave or does retire, which Marina's already said probably this is going to be his last season, so you'd imagine it'll be next year, it does already seem inevitable that 
Pogba will be the United captain. And Mourinho did want last year when when he decides on these four players, the four priorities that he wanted uh, to sign, he wanted a captain star midfielder and that player was Pogba and right now you are seeing him really developing into a leader and it's come at a good time for him and I mean, I, it, was, it was amazing last week when we were waiting for a press conference for him at, um, in, in Georgetown, he, he came in, he, he doesn't really do an awful lot with the media uh, but when he was asked about becoming a leader and you know, trying to follow in Ibrahimovic's footsteps, he seemed really engaged with it. So I think from his perspective, it's something that he wants. I don't think that's going to phase him at all. He's he's one of the most confident footballers on the planet at the moment. And and if he was were to get that, initially I thought maybe given some of his performance last season, you'd want him just to settle down and 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 not really be distracted by anything like that and maybe give it to, to Herrera who's been at the club longer but at the moment it, I mean, things have changed very quickly and you'd have no qualms about making him captain uh, when Carrick does retire next year possibly yeah, it's clear that Mourinho's got that, got that in mind so let's let's shift the subject a little bit to um, the guy everybody seems to love to hate is Marouane Fellaini and it yes. looks like he's going to still be at the club after this, after the end of the, uh, after the end of the summer, that's that's how it seems at the moment. That's got to surprise practically everybody. N- no, did no? no, 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 definitely no. not. Just Mourinho, me. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with Mourinho, really likes him, and it, I think the man management of him last year after he was booed uh, over the Everton penalty, I think Herrera said is one of the best examples of man management he's he's seen in his career, and Fellaini. I think Ryan Giggs said it, it. Fellaini is one of those players. If you tell him to do something, he will do it. So he was a very attentive footballer, even though there are examples to the contrary. And he played in a lot of important games for United last season, like Chelsea at home, Europa League final, Europa League semi-final, second leg. And I think after that incident at Everton, where he, he was very clumsy and conceding the penalty. Mourinho didn't shy away from selecting him. If anything, he thrust him back in there. And Fellaini did play quite well. And he scored an important goal against Hull in, in the EFL Cup semi-final. Um, I just thought with... I'm always suspicious when Turkish um, Turkish media or Turkish people at Turkish clubs savage indictment on the start, Turkish media start talking <laughs> about other players because it, it's always very, very... Um, sensationalistic and yeah. as I said I think even if Matic came in you expecting Fellaini to go or some were expecting Fellaini to go it still wouldn't have made a lot of sense because there are they are different players Fellaini is much more of an asset in an attacking capacity I think Mourinho tried to use him as a defensive minded player and it didn't really work very often last season there were a couple of cases it did but it's not his forte and he does bring something different he's a different outlet um, a, a little bit like Lingard I mean he scored in three cup semi-finals and competitions United have gone on to win but he's never going to be appreciated or liked by by the masses as much as someone like Schweinsteiger who came to United with this huge reputation um, but was a woeful United player whether the United fans like to hear it or not um, he took the club for a ride. He was he was injured, but he was going around the world watching his wife play tennis. Yeah. It was it was not 
becoming conduct from United's midfielder. Yet he would get he got the standing ovation when he came back, and Fellaini's never going to get that. Uh, but he is an asset for United, I think. He's, a, he's a trier, though, isn't he? He really is a trier, Fellaini. It doesn't, it, irrespective of how much he seems to get stick, he's always comes into the matches with the same attitude. It seems to me he's very, he's a very kind of, he's a very driven bloke. Yeah, and I think when this news broke that obviously everyone thought he was going to go to Galatasaray, a lot of there was a lot of mixed reaction on social media. Obviously, there was the people saying they were delighted, they're probably still upset about the Everton penalty. But um, people were upset because they were saying he's one of them players, he gets united, he is a passionate player and he does do a job in some games. I think the problem is he isn't, like Samuel was saying, he isn't an intricate footballer and if you're looking for someone to wow you like Pogba and do the tricks and play fancy football, he isn't that. But he definitely does have a role to play in the team. And Mourinho, at the end of the day, he needs a squad. You don't just want a, f- a first eleven because look at the situation they ended up in at the end of last season. We barely had any def- they barely had any defenders left. So if you're going to sell the likes of Fellaini, and then you've not got that depth on the on the bench as someone to bring on to do that specific job against against the teams, then you're going to be struggling. So he's he's going to be coming off the bench this season, Fellaini again? Would you say? I would imagine so. There'll be there'll be times when he's needed from the start um, because of, I mean, Stoke away is, is is the cliche example that you're coming up against a big burly side and you need big burly players like like Fellaini. But Mourinho's addressed that as well with his signings. And I, I know Ibrahimovic is is no longer United player, but players like Ibrahimovic, Pogba, Lukaku, uh, Lindelof, uh, and and now Matic. They're all very physical players. They're imposing players. United are a very tall team now these days, so he is addressing this. United did have this lightweight streak about them for quite a few years. Dates back to the Ferguson, Ferguson last years as well. Um, but they're a much beefier team now, so Fellaini still supplements that well. Um, but as, as you said, he's, he's not a first-teamer. I think for, from his Unfortunately for him, he is stigmatised by David Moyes in that he was signed for £4.5 million more than was necessary. He was signed on deadline day. It was the only signing in the worst transfer window in United's history. He always looked like a panic buyer, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, Moyes wanted him, but he had this bizarre logic that he didn't want him to make... He didn't want him to be his first signing when you'd have thought, well, just bring him in and gets out of the way and then you can move on to other targets. Um... And I mean, he's he, he was unfortunate in that sense that Moyes just handled it so so haphazardly uh, during that transfer window, and nobody else came in. So he must have. It was almost a bit like you know he's, he was a bit of a loner there, even though he's part of a whole squad that was underperforming. He was very much the scapegoat, and that's that season. I mean, the image of Fellaini. He didn't score a goal. I think from a lot of United fans, the abiding memory is of him running the ball out of the pitch against Bayern Munich, which was a gif that went viral and things like that, and elbowing Pablo Zabaleta. It was just a wholly negative experience for him. 